You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Hi everybody, Ed Stetzer here. Welcome to our worship service here at Calvary. Of course, our worship service is online, but we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. Particularly here, we've kind of slowed down substantially. And the reason we've slowed down substantially is we're in the Sermon on the Mount. What more attention would we want to give to the greatest sermon ever given by the greatest person who ever gave a sermon? So we're going to start and we're going to be looking at Blessed Are the Merciful from Matthew 5, 7. Uh, but when starting there, I actually want to surprise you and maybe go uh, to the Old Testament. Uh, because one of the things we're seeing is Jesus' teaching is deeply rooted in the Old Testament. But we're going to go to the Old Testament and specifically we're going to look at Micah 6.8 in the King James Version. And the reason it's in the King James Version is probably because... I learned this verse is a song from the King James Version. It says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly. Some of you recognize this song. But to do justly and to love mercy. Anyway, I won't sing. And to walk humbly with thy God. Uh, you had the privilege of meeting my daughter last week. Blessing to you. And she always hates it when I sing. I don't know why. They're like opposed to me singing in the sermons. But anyway, today we're going to see that Jesus issues seemingly another crazy proverb. Um, look with me at the verse for the day. I started with Micah 5 eight, But what's the verse? Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive uh, mercy. Now, what's going on here is significant. First, Jesus is not being super specific here. It's an attitude of mercy evident in our lives. Mercy, in many ways, typifies Jesus' way of righteousness, especially as it fulfills the second greatest commandment to love others as ourselves. Jesus calls us to show people mercy, not give them rules. We're going to look at that. Mercy is compassion in action. You give it because you've received it, and you receive it because you give it, according to this verse. Now, if you're new to Calvary, we're actually um, walking through this series, Jesus' most famous message, most famous sermon in the world, ever, in history, um, Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew 5 through 7, and the first part of the sermon, Matthew 5, 3 through 12, is commonly called the Beatitudes. So over the last month or so, we've been working through the Beatitudes. You can easily spot them because they all begin with the phrase, blessed are the blank, in this case, the merciful. So I mentioned before, most Bible translations translate the word blessed, which translate uh, translating the Greek word that Matthew uses. The difficulty here is with the word blessed or blessed is that it often brings to the idea Covenantal promises or blessings like God's blessing of Noah or God's blessing of Abraham, but that's not the word that Matthew uses. He's not saying there's a divine covenant between God and man in the Beatitudes. Instead, the Beatitudes are more like Proverbs. They're sayings of general truth. Um, one scholar put it there, proclamations that invite the hearers into a way of being in the world that promises human flourishing. Let me say it again. They are proclamations that invite the hearers into a way of being in the world that promises human flourishing. 
So some have translated the word as a life that others are envious of, which is great. Gives us a mental picture of the meaning of the word and um, and how we are, you know, not envious of a person's content life, but of their, you know, we're envy. You know, we want to look at the, the type of life, the content of their life, not their possessions, which is you know, not what Jesus is saying. So John Stott puts it this way. Uh, for the standards of the sermon are neither readily attainable by every man, nor totally attainable by any man, right? To put them beyond anybody's reach is to ignore the purpose of Christ's sermon. To put them within everyone's is to ignore the reality of man's sin. They are attainable, all right, but only by those who have experienced the new birth, which Jesus told Nicodemus was the indispensable condition of seeing and entering God's kingdom. So Jesus is saying those who live this upside down life, beatitudes life will flourish, right? Why? Because, well, let's, let's, let's take a look, right? We love the, we love the beatitudes. Let's take a look and just kind of do the overview. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. That was last week. We were in person for that. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive merciful. That's us today. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's next week, uh, July 4th weekend, right? So we're looking forward to that. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So, okay, so that being said, we're gonna look through several things. We're gonna look through, uh, kind of walk through this passage, right? So, and we're gonna start with defining mercy. Defining mercy. So mercy is compassion in action, where we work to care for those in distress and relieve them of that distress, right? So in salvation, God shows us abundant mercy. If, if grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, mercy is God withholding, there's an action to mercy, from us what we do deserve. If the holy God of heaven gave us what we deserve, we'd all be doomed, uh, judged. We'd, uh, we'd all face the penalty. But God, in his mercy, withholds his wrath for Christ's sake. Let, let, let's look at the scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 puts it this way. But God, because of his great love for us, right? God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. So this action with mercy. He made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. It is by grace you have been saved. So uh, because of God's mercy towards us, we show mercy to others. We're going to look at that. But here... The focus is on Christ's disciples showing mercy to others. It's, um, and notice it's how you show mercy. That's why there's so many hospitals, right? Um, hospitals in, in New York, right? Mercy Hospital. You know, we, we, you know, you think of like Mercy Medical Center, Rockville, and of course, Mercy General Hospital in New York City, which is public, at least on the show Law and, Law and Order it is, right? Um, and it's, it's not Compassion Hospital, because it's not just that they care, right? That's a compassion. Right, but it's Mercy Hospital because they do. Let me make sure you don't miss that, right? Because um, compassion is related to care, mercy is related to action. You care, and thus you act in ways that are compassionate. That's showing mercy. So sometimes it's helpful to rule, define a word by ruling out what it isn't. And thankfully, Matthew shows us two instances where Jesus contrasts 
his view of mercy with what it isn't, right? So Jesus calls us to show people mercy, not give them rules. So let's look at the example of this, right? Let's look at some of the ideas of mercy over rules. And the first example is in Matthew 9. Jesus is eating with some socially questionable people. No self-respecting first century Jewish person, much less a rabbi or teacher, would be caught dead eating with tax collectors and sinners. This was against the rules, right? So the Pharisees saw what Jesus was doing and they um, they asked, what, what, why was Jesus keeping company with such sinners? Jesus overheard them and he says this, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners, right? And, and Jesus is actually quoting the Old Testament, the prophet Hosea, the people want to return to God, God rebukes them, claiming their love is like the morning dew, evaporates and is no more. God will not tolerate that kind of superficial love. So he says, for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. Okay, so this is where it's important to get a little, you know, Jesus is teaching to Jewish followers of Jesus, Jewish followers of him. So in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament translated to the Greek, uh, they use the word, they used for steadfast love, right? The steadfast love, they use the word mercy. The same we find in Matthew 5, 7. So Jesus is telling the Pharisees in Matthew 9, based on Hosea 6, that God has no need for the self-righteous. We learned the lesson uh, last week as we studied the previous uh Beatitude, right? Where, where it said this. It said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, right? So there's this self-righteousness. Instead, the contrast to mercy. Uh, Moody, D.L. Moody, once put it this way. He said, God has nothing to say to the self-righteous. Um, of course, Moody's overstating a bit there. But Jesus is not calling those who worry about ceremonial cleanliness, who you eat with, who you fellowship with. Instead, He's searching for the spiritually sick who need a physician. That's me. That's you. That's everything. That's everyone. So the Pharisees missed this because they could not see what Jesus was doing. He was about to provide these sinners eternal healing. And instead, they were enslaved. The Pharisees were enslaved to religious rules. So it's not enough to follow uh, religious rituals, give sacrifices, religious observances aren't sufficient. Jesus tells us to learn the meaning of mercy, and we need it today. We need to be a people who are inclined toward mercy. And I want you to hear this. Religious people are generally not inclined towards mercy still today. Now, no one likes to be the Pharisees. The Pharisees are always the bad guy. But there's a Pharisaical spirit that can be at work in all of us. And God is more interested in us being a merciful people than he is in us following religious rules and keeping the right company. Jesus calls us to show people mercy, not give them rules. That's the first point, right? Second, in this section here, is we see mercy over religion. A second example is found in Matthew 23. Jesus, well, he says this. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and ill and uh, cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel, right? I could, we're going to later get to that and go through that. That's a very visual imagery, right? 
But Jesus is contrasting how religious leaders try to keep the law without actually keeping the law. Tithing's great, but it's not paramount. Jesus says that um, giving money but not giving mercy is like straining out something as tiny as a gnat while swallowing something as large as a camel. It's a preposterous idea. And so is neglecting the call of Jesus, right? The weightier matters of the law, of which mercy is one. In this story, the opposite of mercy is straining gnats, of focusing on the trees of tithing, every herb, and missing the forest of showing compassion to fellow humans. We should be known at Calvary as a deeply merciful people. So we see mercy is not a religious observance alone, for often fulfilling religious observances allows us to give our wealth without positively affecting those in need. Jesus calls people that we show people mercy, not give them rules. Now, um, so let me put it this way. Be inclined toward mercy. Be inclined towards those who hurt. Be inclined towards compassion in action. Right? Jesus is more interested in your showing mercy to the hurting than in following all the religious rules. Now, now again, this is one message, one verse, one time. I mean, I actually think there are things that we want to follow, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Scripture. But mercy, in so many ways, typifies Jesus' way of righteousness, especially as it fulfills the second great commandment to love others as ourselves. Remember, Jesus calls us to give, um, does calls us to, does, Jesus calls us not to give people rules in religion, but to show mercy. Mercy, compassion, and compassion, action. You give it because you've received it, and you receive it because you give it. So don't miss this. How you live, how you show mercy, is much more central to the mission of Jesus than being religious and self-righteousness. So I just want us to be known for that, right? Because, And I just want you to hear, I hope you hear this in the spirit that's offered, that's not what most religious people are known for. Uh, and you're a Baptist church. Can I tell you, mercy is not the first thing that comes to people's mind when they hear the word Baptist. Um, but it should be, because as followers of Jesus, when people are hurting, show them mercy. When they mess up, show them mercy. When they say someone has hurt them or abused or harassed them, come alongside them. Tell them you believe them. Show them mercy and act on that mercy. So this applies to how we treat fellow believers, but how we also interact with unbelievers. Too often we're caught up in trying to convince someone that the gospel is true, when maybe if we just showed mercy... In some cases, uh, James uh, Clear, he's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Atomic Habits, Wayne made a really important point, I think, related to mercy uh, as we interact with others. He said, quote, facts don't change our minds, friendships do, unquote. He said, be kind first, be right later. That's the spirit of mercy, right? Even the world sees that. Mercy is compassion and action. You give it because you've received it, and you receive it because you give it. So that's number one in our outline, right? But let's go to number two in our outline. Mercy is divine. Mercy is divine. This is the heart of the verse. Blessed are the merciful. Jesus describes how those who are merciful are fortunate, envied, to be blessed, right? It's both express it, it's both to express mercy and to receive it. But why? Why? Let's be honest, being merciful. I don't know, it's maybe harder than being judgmental sometimes. It's costly. It means we care about other people in their time of need. It, but in spite of all that, we are merciful because God's merciful to us. Why do I say it's divine? Because it pictures the heart of God. Jesus calls, again, us to show mercy, not give them rules. Let, let's look at a really important Old Testament passage, right? So, it's in Exodus, God has given the Ten Commandments. Moses comes down to Mount Sinai to see the people worshiping the golden calf. He throws the tablets down and breaks them. 
In Exodus 34, God calls Moses back up to the mountain and gives him replacement tablets. God's mercy is described there. Listen to the language here, right? It says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Thank God for who he is. So here we learn early in the Bible, a fundamental theological truth about God. Mercy is central to who he is. One scholar said it may be one of his most fundamental attributes. Um, so, so don't miss that, right? When you come to Christ, you come in light of the beauty of God's mercy, right? This is who he is. It's deeply rooted in God's character. So mercy is central to his being, to his very constitution. God describes himself as merciful, and Jesus calls his followers to the same kind of mercy that we find in God. He calls people to show mercy, not just to give them rules. So in this beatitude, Jesus declares that the merciful are blessed. We enjoy the delight of being mercy. So we're not talking about a few random acts of kindness towards stranger. I don't mean that if you pay it forward at the drive at Starbucks or drop a quarter in the beggar's cup that you're merciful. No, the word Jesus used in Matthew 5, 7, merciful, is the adjectival form found elsewhere only in Hebrews 2.17. We won't turn to them for the sake of time, but it means one who's, I'm quoting Morris here, whose bent is to show mercy, not those who engage in an occasional merciful impulse, unquote. So I'm really encouraging you and me to acknowledge that to be inclined or bent towards mercy is a characteristic of our life. My wife models this, Donna models this for me. And when we're in person together on July 11th, we'll, we'll be, she'll be there as well. And we'll talk some about that inclination towards mercy a little bit more. But I will tell you, when I think of that, I think of my wife because she teaches me and I have to grow in that area of mercy. Maybe there's someone in your life who does the same. And if so, um, how might you grow to be more merciful in your life? How can you relieve someone's burden? How can you benefit someone in need? The world tells us not to get involved in other people's messes. Sometimes the reason is their mess is their fault and they should fix it. Other times it's because your life is already complicated. Adding something, someone else's problems will bring you stress and headache. But Jesus is teaching that happiness, blessedness, flourishing comes when we demonstrate mercy. And part of that's carrying other people's burdens. And I want you to miss that. Part of that's carrying other people's burdens. Um, so um, I like what Corrie ten Boom said. She was a uh, Nazi concentration camp survivor. And she she tells the story here. And, and, and it's a powerful story. She tells a story um, about... Ultimately, uh, well, let me just quote her. The world is deathly ill. It's dying. The great physician has already signed the death certificate. Yet there is still great work for Christians to do. There are to be streams of living water, channels of mercy to those who are still in the world. It is possible for them to do this because they are overcomers. So Christians, ambassadors for Christ, representatives of heaven from a dying world. Right. So, um, so I don't want you to miss all this, right? Because it's really key because mercy and the inclination towards mercy is key for us. And that leads us to our third point, mercy delivered. Mercy delivered, right? It says, they shall receive, well, will receive mercy. They 
will receive mercy. When mercy is delivered uh, to mercy, uh, when we deliver mercy to others, we find mercy delivered to us. Uh, why? Why? And don't miss this, right? Why are they who give mercy to be blessed, to be fortunate, to be envied? Why do they flourish? Jesus says they'll receive mercy. Why? Sometimes people who give mercy to others will receive it in return, but there's no guarantee. Jesus is surely referring to here something, what we call eschatological, something eternal, something about eternity. Those extending mercy in this life will receive mercy from God at the last judgment. Now, where does that come from, right? Are we measured and judged at the final judgment based on how much mercy we've shown to others? Not in the strictest sense of the word, but people who are followers of Jesus will indeed show mercy. Those who follow God are expected to be merciful as they've received mercy. This is the truth that we learn over and over again. The, the, we see this, the, remember the, in Matthew 18, we'll look at this later, but there's this um, wicked servant. The servant is forgiven a great debt, but doesn't forgive his fellow servant. The master finds out, throws him in the first servant in prison and, 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 and until he can pay his debt, which would be never. And Jesus is this way, this reality when we don't live lives, show lives, demonstrate lives because we've been changed by the power of the gospel of mercy. Look at James chapter 2, verse 13. James chapter 2, uh, verse 13 says, Judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So one of my, uh, I'm so excited that we're seeing New York open up. You know, September, Broadway starts, right? We see that's good for all of us. That's good for the economy. That's good for, for all of us. One of my favorite theatrical performances is Les Mis. Of course, they made a movie of Les Mis. And I can give you the whole background of Les Mis. It's kind of a fascinating, fascinating um, background, backstory, because the author, well, I won't go into all of it, but the author is, is uh, writes this deeply religious, mercy-driven, but he was none of those things. But anyway, so at one point, the bishop from Les Mis speaks to, uh, to the key character, John Valjean, and he says, but remember this, my brother, when he showed him mercy. I want to sing it, but you learned last week, my daughter doesn't like that. But remember this, my brother. See in this some higher plan. You must use this precious silver to become an honest man. To remind you, he gives them these candlesticks that they, they said he stole. And he said, no, no, I gave them to him. But remember this, my brother. See in this some higher plan. You must use this precious silver to become an honest man. By the witness of the martyrs, by the passion of the blood. God has raised you out of darkness. I have brought, bought, I have bought your soul for God. Powerful, merciful scene. Mercy is a key part of that whole, uh, whole movie in this case. In other words, God will not show mercy to those who are not merciful, but here, those who receive mercy are inclined towards mercy. Uh, there will be a judgment with no mercy for those who have no mercy, but to those who receive mercy, it overcomes, it trumps judgment. And this is exactly what Jesus teaches, that those who give mercy will receive it from God at the final judgment. Listen to Jesus' words as Matthew concludes his gospel in Matthew chapter 25. I'm just going to share it with you, right? I'm just going to read it to you. It says, but when you show mercy to others, we are actually showing it to Jesus, right? We, we get this, right? Uh, Matthew 25, let me, let, me, let, me, let me open it and read it and just see, so get a picture of what's going on here in Matthew chapter 25. Because I think, uh, I love the language, and we're going to get to this later as we go through Matthew, um, but we're not, we're not quite there yet, so I'm jumping ahead, so I'm just going to turn there. 
Matthew chapter 25. Sorry, I'm not quite there yet. Now, now I am. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. Listen to this. When the Son of Man comes in all of his glory, all of his angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. Right? He will separate one from the other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on the right, the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed for my father, and here at the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Mercy, compassion in action was shown. And then it says, but they say, well, when did we see these things? And Jesus says, when you did it unto the least of these. And, but then there's the others who didn't show mercy. When we show mercy, we are much like Jesus, right? So, so, so again, the beautiful picture, right? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, Matthew chapter 25, right? Inherit the foundation prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, so again, mercy typifies Jesus' way of righteousness. Um, it's the way he displayed it and it fulfills the second greatest commandment, to love others as ourselves, right? So mercy is compassion action. You give it because you've received it and you receive it because you give it. So um, perhaps throughout Matthew, including Matthew 5, 7, mercy implies that merciful action is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It, literally what it means to be loyal to God. God calls his people to love and serve others, not because they deserve it, because they've already received mercy. And it all throughout Matthew's gospel, Jesus' disciples are exhorted to care for others, right? To be inclined, right? Um, help the needy and more. And I, 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 it's so important that we don't miss this, right? I love reading biographies. I love learning about people who made an impact in the world. Um, in part, biographies inspire followers to model their lives after the person being profiled in the biography. Well, look at what Jesus says, right? Learn of me in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Follow me in Matthew 9, 9. They're invitations to study the Messiah, to mimic him. And this is why the Sermon on the Mount is so powerful. It's the appeal by example. It's powerful. It's central. Um, it's the call of our lives. Jesus calls us to show people mercy, not give them rules. So let's walk in the way of Jesus with compassion that leads to merciful action, right? Remember, again, he has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Sing hallelujah. I love that, right? So learn of me and follow me. By his mercy, he invites you. And then he shows you how to live in light of that mercy. Come, you sinners, that's all of us, giving and sharing mercy. My hope is that this message might speak to well, maybe all of us. I have to be reminded, even working through this, that I have to work to remind myself to be inclined towards mercy, to be a person who is instinctively, intuitively, and instantly leaning first on mercy rather than because I've been a Christian a while, because I think there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right way and a wrong way. I don't just think there is a right way and a wrong way. But may we be people at Calvary who are inclined towards mercy. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you today to receive the mercy of God 
He sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and in your place. He showed you mercy. He doesn't judge you by your sin. When you receive Christ, he actually, Jesus takes the penalty of your sin. Right? You stand in the mercy and goodness of God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can receive him by grace and through faith right now. If you are a follower of Jesus, you can and should be reminded once again that God is good and God is merciful. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you that you personify mercy. It's part of who you are. It's part of your character. And Lord, may we be, we, may we be more like Jesus. May that too be who we are and what we are like. So Lord, thank you for this reminder from Jesus today. May it shape our lives. May it shape my life. And for those who are not inclined towards mercy, naturally, which is probably most of us, if not all of us, may you shape us that our first inclination, our first instinct, to be like Jesus and show mercy to those who struggle. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. If you feel led to give toward the local, national, and global ministries of Calvary Baptist, please visit cbcnyc.org slash give or call us at 212 975 0170. We hope you join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.